Warning. The Christian Patriot Report is a no-holds-barred, unapologetic show that will easily trigger those that get offended by the truth. Viewers and listeners' discretion is advised. Welcome, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Satan not hiding his evil agenda anymore and is deliverance ministry for real. All that and more right here on the Christian Patriot Report. You don't want to miss this. Welcome, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. I'm your host, Don Gardner, and we're just going to dive into what happened last week at the Grammys. Now, if you didn't see it, which I don't blame you because I didn't see the Grammys, but Satan isn't hiding anymore, nor is he hiding his evil agenda. And this has been going on for years, especially at the Grammys. And the groups that worship Satan are working overtime to push his evil agenda. Just take a look at Sam Smith's performance at the Grammys. It is absolutely a demonic, satanic performance. And that's the easiest way to describe it. And if you don't believe me, just take a look at his performance. Kim Petras and Sam Smith had an epic night at the 2023 Grammys. The duo hit the stage to deliver a majorly racy performance of their hit song, Unholy. Kim was seen on stage in a cage surrounded by dancers with whips. Sam rocked a bright red top hat with horns while belting out the song for the audience, and the crowd went wild for their performance. Now, I don't know about you, but honestly, there's no way to describe that as being nothing more than a satanic, demonic performance. I mean, he's dressed all in red, he's wearing horns, and all his dancers are wearing similar things. And I know that there are going to be people defending Defending this performance. But let's just take a look at how certain media groups are reporting this. Let's take a look at what Breitbart is reporting. Non-binary pop star Sam Smith performs a BDSM devil-themed unholy at the Grammys. I mean, look at him. He's dressed like the devil. And yet... This is just just a performance, right? I mean, take a look at the Daily Wire. 
literally a tribute to Satan. Viewers slammed demonic performance at the Grammys. And let's take a look at this. This is being reported by the ChristianPost.com. We are ready to worship. CBS deletes tweet promoting unholy Grammy number. And here's the tweet. By CBS. This is their verified Twitter account. This isn't made up. You can again, you can say that again. We are ready to worship. So what is CBS worshiping? Who are they worshiping? Sam Smith? No. It sure isn't God. So what are they worshiping other than the devil, Satan himself? Look, the Grammys have had a history of doing stuff like this. Katy Perry did a demonic, satanic performance at the Grammys. So did Madonna. So what should that lead you to believe? That the people that produce and the people who are behind the Grammys worship the devil. Plain and simple. Because if this performance happened at, let's say, the Christian equivalent of the Grammys, which is the Dove Awards. If this type of performance happened there, what would you think as a Christian? You would think that the people that was directing, producing, or involved in that show endorsed this performance because it had to get approved. Nobody, a part of the Grammys, no one who is perform not performing, but producing the Grammys, no one was surprised by Sam Smith's performance because they knew what he was going to do beforehand. They had to. So this type of performance had to be approved by somebody. So as a Christian, that should lead you to believe that the Grammys are not for you as a Christian, that it is a satanic, demonic award show, that it's all about promoting Satan's evil agenda. And ever since that performance, I've been hearing arguments between Christians and unbelievers, plus arguments between Christians themselves, trying to justify this performance, Sam Smith's performance. So let's go through some of these arguments. Arguments like, it's just performance art. Sam Smith is just a performance artist. I mean, does that look like a performance art to you? Doesn't to me. If you know anything about spiritual warfare, the moment that performance starts, you know what the agenda is. And that's to make Satanism or Satan seem normal, seem acceptable. And some people are even making this comparison 
to what Sam Smith did, to other artists who have done something similar. Artists like Marilyn Manson or Alice Cooper. Now, the Manson comparison is because, honestly, in the 90s, Manson was this over-the-top and did a lot of controversial things in order to get his name out there. But what people didn't know was this about Manson. Because I heard the same argument. It's just a performance art. He's just a performance artist. So everything he does on stage, don't take it serious. Yet we later find out that Marilyn Manson is a devout Satanist and is even a pastor endorsed by Anton LaVey, the founder of, I think it was, I don't know if it's a Christian temple or the Christian church, but he's the one who wrote the Satanic Bible. And he made or approved Manson to be a pastor of the satanic religion that's what he did so was Manson just a performance artist or it was he trying to get a message out a message of Satanism and trying to make the satanic religion seem normal and acceptable that's what I'm thinking and when that comparison doesn't work, because honestly, Manson was evil. His performances were evil. His music videos are evil. His music is evil. When people can't use Manson, they then go to the next best thing, which is Alice Cooper, who is a devout Christian or so-called devout Christian. And they'll say, if it's perfectly all right for Alice Cooper to do the type of show that he does, and it's just a performance art for him, or he's a performance artist, then why can't Sam Smith do it? Here's the thing about Alice Cooper. And this is coming from someone that I was a huge Alice Cooper fan. I loved Alice Cooper. I had all his albums, I listened to all his music, I loved Alice Cooper. You're noticing that I'm using the past tense, because I don't anymore. You see, Alice Cooper is supposedly a devout Christian. That his, And the argument some people even use, that his father was a pastor, or is a pastor. I don't know if he still is or not, but... That's the argument people are going to use. So if Al, it's okay for Alice, why not Sam? If it's not satanic when Alice does it, then why is it satanic when Sam Smith does it? It's not all right for Alice Cooper to do the show that he does. Because I saw his newest promo for his show. And the moment it started... All I saw was evil. With my new eyes, all I saw was evil. And these were images 
that I used to look at and say, oh, it's prefer perfectly all right. But once I grew in my faith, I had to reevaluate the music that I was listening to. And that's including Alice Cooper. He may be a devout Christian or so-called devout Christian, but he's not promoting anything that is of God through his music, through his concerts, or through his music videos. Instead, he's promoting the opposite. So as a devout Christian, I honestly have to question Alice Cooper's walk with God. And I know he's been interviewed by Greg Laurie, and I, I've heard the things that Alice has said about Christianity. But if you are truly a Christian, a true, devout Christian, one of the things that happens when you become a Christian is you get transformed. You're no longer the same creature. As a matter of fact, as the Bible says, you are renewed. And that your mind, the things of old, you let go. You repent of your sins and you don't commit those sins anymore. So as I'm looking at Alice, I'm not seeing any change in his performance. He's still doing the exact same shows with zombies on stage. He's still beheading himself. He's still, one show when he was doing Brutal Planet, he was a dictator and an evil dictator. He still promotes evilness through his concerts, through his music, and through his music videos. And with that, I have to question his true walk with God. I do. I don't know if his name is in the book of life, but obviously it hasn't changed his performance. And I think that it would if he was truly a devout Christian. It would. Because the other arguments I'm hearing is this. Religious people are just overreacting well if you truly read the Bible which I do the Bible calls for Christians to expose evil let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 which says take no part in unfruitful works of darkness but instead expose them Let's take a look at Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Is it good that Alice Cooper does the show that he does? Is it good that Sam Smith does the performance that he does? No, it's not. That is evil. He's promoting evil imagery. And by doing that, that is evil. Yet the world sees the performance, whether it's Alice Cooper, Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, or any other band out there, and says, no, that's perfectly fine. It's good because it's performance art. 
Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, which says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic power over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. What that means... You see, there is a ruler of this world, and it is Satan. So performances like Sam Smith, performances like Alice Cooper, Marilyn Manson, any of these performances, Rob Zombie, of course he's going to love. He's going to embrace it because that is anti-God. And the devil, who is the ruler of this world, is all about anything that is anti-God. But let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in the things these people do. By promoting evil, whether it's music, whether it's movies, whether it's any type of media. It is considered a sin. Now, you can repent if you are truly a devout Christian. Go ahead and repent. But one of the things that you do when you truly want to show that you have repented is you change your ways. So the argument of Alice Cooper is a devout Christian. Sorry, I have to question it because he's promoting evil and continues to promote evil and he hasn't yet repented of it because he hasn't changed. The moment Alice Cooper changes his show, I might believe he's a devout Christian because through your actions, you will show that you are truly a believer of Jesus Christ and a follower of Jesus Christ. Do you remember the children's song, Oh, Be Careful, Little Eyes? Let's take a look at some of the lines in that song. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little heart whom you trust, oh, be careful, little mind, what you think. There are a lot of truths in that song. And we as Christians should be careful of what we see, and that's including performances like Sam Smith, like Alice Cooper, like Marilyn Manson, like Rob Zombie, like any performance that does not glorify God, instead promotes evil, we as Christians should be careful of it, and we should not participate in it. The Grammy Awards and the people behind it have shown time and time again that they are in bed with the devil. And as a Christian, I'm washing my hands of this filth, and I think you should too. And with that, we'll be back right after this. 
From the age of eight to the age of 35, 25 years of devil worshiping, my father was a warlock. I was groomed to come into the satanic church to be trained with witches and warlock. I went to hell as a devil worshiper and came back as a Christian. God gave me the gift to expose the enemy to the fullest. I mean, there was no reason for me in the devil's camp for 25 years of my life and know all the patterns and cycles. And he gave me the wisdom and knowledge to expose the enemy to the church today so you can fight the good fight of faith. God put in my heart to do this amazing spiritual warfare eight weeks training with a workbook. The course is going to train you, it's going to equip you and teach you all the secrets of how the devil operates against the believer. You can be the arrow in God's quiver because when the fight starts, he can pull you out. He can launch you into the devil's camp to make havoc and destroy the works of darkness and set the captives free. Sign up for the Spiritual Warfare Bootcamp at johnramirez.org. Sign up today and learn how to take the fight to the devil. Everything you've been through, God custom made you for this. We realize our homeless feeding and drug rehabilitation programs don't always match eye to eye with the dreams and vision of the city planners here in Leesburg. But we believe they are closely aligned with the heart and mind of God. Our county has the highest unemployment rate in this state. We know this isn't an end-all solution, but it is a big step in the right direction. That is all. Everything you've been through, God custom made you for this. Is it possible that behind the events transforming our culture, our nation, and your life is a mystery that goes back to ancient times? In his most explosive book ever, The Return of the Gods, New York Times bestselling author Jonathan Kahn pulls away the veil and reveals these shocking secrets. Uncover the mystery of the gods and how it's transforming your life. The Return of the Gods, the book you can't afford not to read. Get it online or wherever books are sold. In the New Testament, is it verifiable that Christians can be attacked and oppressed by demons? Come on. God used controversy. Look, I'm on the list. He used CNN. He used the media. He used all of it to grow a massive size platform. Controversy built our platform. Two genders. It was never about the controversy. It was never about the politics. I thought it was. I thought it was about Trump. I thought it was about COVID. But God built our platform for deliverance. We are headed more into seeing prophecy fulfilled before our very eyes. There's a kingdom of righteousness and there's a kingdom of darkness. Something in our being craves something supernatural. If you're addicted to something, you have company. And he said in the last days, the church will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. They will begin to listen to demonic doctrines. He doesn't mind you going to church. He doesn't mind you praising as long as you don't change. There's a great awakening that is coming. 
kingdom of God is not about talk. Jesus is king! It's about power and demonstration. The state of the church in the United States, I believe, needs a reawakening of deliverance because of the evil that's going around. Christians can be under the influence of satanic oppression. 100% they can. You see, redemption and salvation is for the lost. Deliverance is to set the captives free. The Word of God says, these signs shall follow them that believe. The plan of the enemy is to keep the church quiet. Deliverance is for the people of God. Deliverance is for the church. I'm here to call this culture to Jesus Christ and cast out demons. Because these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. Welcome back, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. And in this segment, we're going to dive deeper into Satan's evil agenda. Because as being reported by CBN News, Satanist group offers online clinic to help women with satanic abortion ritual. And what this article says is these groups will fund your abortion ladies they will they will help fund it just as long as you consent to a, a satanic ritual before you go through with the abortion so not only will you be able to kill your innocent unborn child but you'll also be able to take home a demon because that is what these rituals are going to do they're going to open a door to demonic possession. And that's what these groups are all about. Because the more people that they can attach demons to, the more power they think they're going to get. That's what these people believe in. Because these groups care so much about the abortion issue. Ever since the Supreme Court ruled and gave the states its power back in order to, every state in this country can decide what they want to do with abortions. Whether they want to keep them, whether they want to ban them, whatever they want to do. That Supreme Court ruling allowed the states to decide what they wanted to do. And many states decided they wanted to ban abortions all right. And then some states decided to restrict it. Other states, it's free reign. That's what that ruling did. But that's not good enough for these satanic groups. 
Because as being reported by U.S. News in an article titled, The Satanic Temple Takes Aim at Ohio and Indiana Abortion Bans. You see, what this article says is that the Satanic Temple is suing states that have decided to ban abortions. Now, why is the Satanic Temple doing this? Now, they will say they are trying to defend a woman's right to choose. But really, what they are defending is the continuing slaughter of innocent blood, innocent lives. That's what they want. They loved having these abortions. As a matter of fact, that's how they think they get power as Satanists, is through the slaughter of innocent blood. So it shouldn't surprise you that any state that has banned abortions, these groups are going to sue them because abortion and the slaughter of innocent blood is so important to them because as I said in the previous episode of the Christian Patriot Report God finds the lives of unborn children as being precious to him and if God finds that life precious Satan who is the enemy of God is going to take the opposite approach that life if it's precious to God needs to be slaughtered that is what Satan's agenda is plain and simple that's the truth whether you want to believe it or not or whether it hurts your feelings that is the truth so these groups these satanic groups are not a bunch of good people they're not. Most of these people are extremely evil because in practicing Satanism, as I said in the previous episode, their religion is all about them becoming a god. And that's one of the ways that Satan himself got thrown out of heaven because Satan was... Lucifer and he was an angel of God and what happened he rebelled against God because he himself wanted to be worshipped now there are some that say that Satan was the angel of worship and that's why he uses music in order to push his agenda which makes sense but I think that if you're you know, if you're the enemy of God, you're going to use every tool that you can to push your evil agenda. Now, the saving grace is this. As being reported by PolitiFact.com, in an article titled, Satanic Temples Fight Over Abortion Rights, Roe vs. Wade, so far is unsuccessful. And I hope and pray it continues to be unsuccessful because I hope and pray that every single state across this nation bans abortions 
Because I believe that abortions is one of the greatest sins ever committed in this country. Because 64 million lives were killed for an unjustified reason. 64 million lives were sacrificed to the gods of Planned Parenthood. 64 million lives cry out to God for justice. And as we as Americans, are we prepared to face God's wrath when he decides to pour out his wrath on us as judgment for those 64 million lives. Because the fact is this, we don't have to face God's wrath for those 64 million lives if we simply repent of that great sin. If we ban abortions across this country, we won't have to answer for those 64 million lives. Because if we have a great spiritual revival and we get back in right with God and we follow God's will as a nation, his wrath won't be pulled out, won't be poured down on us. We'll be spared. But if we don't, be prepared. God will pour out his wrath as judgment for those 64 million innocent lives that were slaughtered. And with that, we'll be right back after this. What does it feel like to be a New York Met these days, especially at City Field? It's an absolute blast. New York Mets is the only team I know. I'm super happy to be playing for these fans. New York is my home. I love this team last year. I can't wait to start another season. This organization took a gigantic step forward last year. Wanting to be part of this vision moving forward. A grand slam for Brings are sick. Lindor homers from both sides of the plate. She is gone! McNeil's got his magic wand back. Max Scherzer picks up his 200th victory. Unbelievable. This team, he struck him out. Got the ball game is over. As the Mets, no hit the Philly. We're chanting that man's name. Mark Hanna with his arms raised over his head. It's the fourth of Escobar. The tenth of the year for Brandon Nemo. Batting champ, Jeff McNeil. What an inning by the Mets. And the Mets walk it off. Absolutely unbelievable. This is as crazy a ninth inning as we've seen in forever. Do what I cannot do, Father. This team is yours. Michael Jameson, superintendent of the Parkwood School District. Texas. We need a new coach. I'm looking at him. Maybe this is the opportunity God has me waiting for. Coach Brooks. Champions live here. You just focus on winning. Yeah, but I haven't even met the team yet, and our first game's like a week away. Yeah, we better get on that. 
Now the world will tell you that it's all about winning. Greatness ain't defined by winning. See, I expect us to become a family. I'm trying to teach these boys to respect one another. Check it out. You guys seen this? What's with the, you know, the running of the, you know? My Uncle Josh had a heart defect, and he died during a game. So my dad runs the bases in honor of God and the memory of his brother. I have seen a lot of baseball seasons come and go around here, but there's something special about this one. And yeah, what do you think so special? You. Do you read this? I do. Tells me how much God loves me. Show me. This is the only way you'll ever know the kind of love I'm talking about. Dad, what are you doing? What's this doing in my house? Answer me. Your job description at this school reads coach, not pastor. You are a disruptor. Our phones are ringing nonstop. That, that religious running thing you do, that ends now. You got it? I feel like I'm being forced to choose between providing for my family and doing what God called me to do. This whole town is looking at you. This means something. Do what I cannot do, Father. This team is yours. Don Gardner from the Christian Patriot Report. We're going to see what team we're going to be. Phillies. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. And you can watch and listen to the Christian Patriot Report at dongardner.weebly.com. And let's go Mets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. And in this segment, we are going to be diving into the phenomenon that is deliverance ministry. Now, if you've been watching the show, whether it's at the show's website at dongardner.weebly.com, or you've been watching the show on our Rumble account, you've been noticing ads for a documentary called Come Out in Jesus' Name. And this documentary is Pastor Greg Locks, and he has other deliverance ministers like Isaiah Saldivar and Pastor Vlad, and I'm trying to think other ones, but their names are escaping me right now. But the movie or documentary is it going to be coming out soon? The release date for it is March 13th of this year. And it's going to be in many theaters throughout the nation, which you can go ahead and uh, Google search the documentary called Come Out in Jesus' Name and see if there's a theater near you that will be playing it. Now, the whole phenomenon of the deliverance ministry really centers around Jesus Christ and his followers, the 12 disciples, 
going out, casting out demons, healing people, and doing, you know, sharing the gospel, that type of thing, and saving people. Now, what has happened? Because it seems that this whole deliverance ministry thing has only been a couple of years that it's really starting to gather steam. And with the gathering of the popularity of it and with the influencers like Isaiah and Vlad getting more and more followers, it's starting to become more controversial because of the things they're saying and the things they're doing. A lot of people think that it's just an act, that these people that they're casting demons out of, in fact, they're just actors, that they really didn't have a demon, that they're just pretending, that it really isn't something that many, like one argument that I heard was that casting out demons, healing people, that's no longer for today. That was back in Jesus' time, and that when Jesus ascended back into heaven, that power went away. But you can't deny that when Jesus was on the earth, and during the time that he was doing his ministry, these are the things that he and his followers did. And then... Even when Jesus ascended into heaven, these things continued. The 12 apostles continued to cast out demons and continued to heal people. And even the apostle Paul did the same thing. Now, here's a scene from the TV show, The Chosen, where Jesus is going to be sending out disciples two by two, and you'll hear what he says. It is not sustainable for me to do all the preaching, all the healing, and ministering. I've called you to Simon's home today, and thank you, Eden, for hosting, because our ministry will only grow, and we want it to grow, till the end of the age. There will be many more followers, and like those not here, all will have roles and responsibilities. Most will be disciples, students. But I have chosen you twelve as my apostles. You're sending us? An apostle is the same as a messenger, one who... I know what it means, Matthew. That's why I'm asking. You are my leaders. And for this mission I have for you, it's best that you spread out and not be concentrated in one place. I... I don't understand. I'm going to go home to Nazareth for a time, and while I'm there, I'm sending you out in every direction, two by two, specifically to our people only. Every direction, Rabbi? Yes, but not to the Gentiles. Not yet. That will come in time but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, just as Joshua led the 12 tribes to take the promised land. You will proclaim as you go, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And while you are on this mission, you will heal the sick and the lame, 
by anointing them with oil. You will cast out demons. You will clean. What? Why are you all looking at me like that? Uh. Could could you just repeat that one more time? I'm sending you out two by two, proclaiming as you go, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Now that scene is in the Bible. For example, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. It says this, summoning his 12 disciples, he, being Jesus, gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to heal every disease and sickness. And in Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, it says almost the same thing. It says, when Jesus had called the 12 together, those being his disciples, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And then in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 and 20, it says this, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. And he said to them, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I gave unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your name is written in heaven. We as followers of Jesus Christ do have the authority over evil spirits and demons. But that's not just it. It continues with Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 18. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, they will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's written in the Bible. And even in Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12, God worked powerful miracles by the hand of Paul. So handkerchiefs and aprons he had touched were brought to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So Paul didn't even have to be there sometimes in order for the demons to leave. 
that's the type of authority that Paul had. Now, I'm not saying that we as Christians have that type of authority, but we do have authority over, over evil spirits. Now, in the Bible, it does use the word deliverance, as in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. It says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he who anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recover the sight to the blind, to set all liberty those who are oppressed. So the Bible does talk about deliverance. So I don't know why there are certain Christians that believe this is nothing more than just an act. Now I can understand why certain Christians have a hard time believing in deliverance and why when they see it, it does, especially if they're seeing it on video, that it does come off as being fake. Because growing up in the church, I was in a church that they never talked about this stuff. They never talked about how Christians possibly could be influenced by demons and that Christians possibly could be demon-possessed. They always preached the opposite. They always said Christians couldn't have demons. There's no possible way a demon could do anything to a Christian unless the person wasn't truly a Christian. And if you do experience demonic attack, you must not be a Christian. But honestly, I kind of find that as being false. Because when you take a look at the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Jesus comes across a lot of demon-possessed people. They couldn't all possibly be unbelievers because if they were unbelievers why would they go to Jesus they knew Jesus was the Messiah that he was the answer the person that could heal them so they came to him many of them running to him wanting to get rid of these demonic spirits and many of the people that he cast the demon out of when you take a look at their family, they were religious people. They were so-called followers of, of Yahweh, followers of Jehovah, followers of whatever word that they used to describe God. So why were they possessed? It's because Christians can be influenced and sometimes be possessed by an evil spirit, by a demon. And I can tell you from personal experience that I've been under demonic attack. I may not have been possessed by a demon, but I definitely could be influenced by him. And here's the story that I'll tell you. The way that I know that I was under demonic attack is during the time in my life, I basically walked away from my faith because honestly, I suffered from depression. I really didn't have anxiety, but 
I guess I kind of felt like my life was supposed to go in a certain direction. And when that didn't happen, I kind of saw it as the reason it's not happening is because I have to do it myself and it's God's fault. So after a while, I left the faith. I stopped going to church. I stopped reading the Bible. I stopped doing everything as a Christian and I started living very worldly. And then came a point in time when I started to reconnect with God. I read a book called Not a Fan that when I read that, it opened my eyes to what a Christian is really supposed to be, what a relationship with God is really supposed to be. Because even though I grew up in the church, the church that I grew up in did not prepare me to be a Christian outside the walls of the church. And many churches back then, during that time, didn't prepare people. That's why, you know, if you take a look at the studies these days, you'll see that more and more young people and more and more people my age don't identify as Christians anymore. Yet, this is the era of the mega churches. Thousands and thousands of people are going to these churches. Millions are watching these sermons, yet they don't identify as a Christian. So when I started reconnecting with God, I started noticing certain things. And one of the things that I knew for sure that I was under spiritual attack is I would wake up in the morning and as my eyes are opening, I could see a figure, a dark figure, just a silhouette of a person standing at the, the end of my bed. And the closest foot that I had, and it was always the same side of the bed, the closest foot that I had was my left foot. And as I'm opening my eyes, the moment I saw that dark figure, my foot would just lash out to it and try to kick it. Of course, I would hit nothing because it'd be gone. But that would happen night after night after night. And the reason that was happening is because I was under demonic attacks because I was starting to reconnect with God. And that was the last thing Satan ever wants is for you to connect with God. And when you're starting to reconnect with God, he will send every single attack that he can to try to prevent that from happening. Luckily, it didn't. Now, I can't tell you that during that time, I anointed myself with with anointing oil and that I cleansed my room and that I prayed in the name of Jesus to cast these demons out of my house. At that point in time, I didn't do that because I didn't know about deliverance. But as I continued to reconnect with God, I started to see things that in the next segment, I'm going to dive in further into what spiritual battles I had because as I see we need to go to a break so 
In the next segment, I'll share more stories of why I believe deliverance is such a thing and that Christians shouldn't just pan it off as being theater. And with that, we'll be back right after this. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it! New York Mets Ticket Center, this is Brandon. Section 139? Yeah, you can see my hair from there. Got it. Yeah, it's not a real ghost. It's not a ghost! No, you hang up. Your tickets are confirmed. Yes, they're closer. Spirit is nothing more than a person without a body, so they have to have a body to inhabit. You know, and they come from somewhere that you can't see. The spirit world is real, more real than people can imagine. They have to have a flesh to fulfill their perverted, wicked, nefarious perversities of life. Everybody's looking for their spiritual guide. Everybody's trying to connect with the spiritual realm. While at the same time, the church simply says miracles don't exist. Angels don't exist. Demons don't exist. My friends, something is wrong. The number one demon that needs to be cast out of the church is the demon of religion. You're sleeping with somebody outside of marriage. You're lusting. You're watching porn. You're beating your wife when nobody's looking. You come to church looking all great and stuff, walking around. But you were just out there yelling at your wife, calling her a B-word and all that stuff. And some of you, no offense, but you're in here now. And you ain't manifested yet because you refuse to repent and lose your dignity. He's raising up ministries that's going to kick the door in and tell the devil, let my people go. You see, redemption and salvation is for the lost. Deliverance is to set the captives free. Deliverance is for the people of God. Deliverance is for the church. I thought it was clairvoyant. I did tarot cards. I'm talking the new age thing. I had psychic friends. I thought it was psychic. I'm here to call this culture to Jesus Christ and cast out demons. Because these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. I'm going from Christian Patriot Report. We're going to see what our favorite car brand is. Way too expensive for me. Sorry, I don't make that kind of money. Welcome back, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. And in this segment, we're going to continue to talk about deliverance ministry. And I'm going to be sharing some of the spiritual attacks that I was under. As I said in the previous, before we went to break, I was under spiritual attack. I would see things as I'm waking up. And later on, I could feel certain things as far as sleep paralysis, as far as there are times I would feel like I was in a dream 
but yet I knew that I was in the room and I was in my bed and whatever. And for some reason, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And it felt like someone was pushing on my chest. I would wake up, know that I was fighting for air. And within the first, I guess, the breath that I would take in, I would pray for this demon, for this spirit to leave my house. Or I would pray for a hedge of protection over me. I would pray that God would send his angels to protect me against this demon. And that would happen not as frequent as the, as the shadow, but it would happen. And as I started to find out more about spiritual warfare, mostly through a lot of the videos of John Ramirez, I then learned about cleansing your house. And I felt, and my wife and I felt, that this was something we needed to do because we started seeing just silhouettes of people. As, for example... One time I was walking from the bathroom into my room, into the bedroom. And as I'm walking, I'm not really thinking about anything. I think I'm thinking about what I got to do for the day. But the room I'm walking into is dark. So as I walk in, I see in my path of where I'm walking a silhouette of someone. And it was a small, per, like the size of a, a child. That as I'm walking, I thought maybe it was my son. And that as I'm walking, I thought, oh boy, I better stop because I'm going to run into him. Thinking it's my son. And as I look down, because I, I guess I'm just seeing it out of my peripheral vision, I realize there's nothing there. Yet, I would see this silhouette time and time again. This time, in other parts of my house. Sometimes he'd be in the living room. And I'm saying he, I'm not exactly sure if it was a he or she or whatever. All I know is it just looked like a small child that was possibly a male. I don't know. But, he'd be throughout the house. So I figured, hey, we're under spiritual attack. It's time to cleanse the room or time to cleanse the house. And I went around taking anointing oil and I anointed my house. And I told every evil spirit that was in the house at that time, get the heck out. Using Jesus' name, using anointing oil, I anointed the walls. I anointed the doorway. I anointed everything. Thing I could think of or anything that I felt the Holy Spirit was telling me to anoint and since then I haven't seen me personally haven't seen anything now I do know that my children at least in the house I'm living in now have seen other things that we had to maybe repurify the the room they're in or repurify certain parts of the house because even though 
I cleansed the entire house. If you open that door just a crack, demons or spirits will come in. That's all they're waiting for. Now, I personally haven't opened any of the doors. I haven't watched any of the things that I usually, usually or used to watch, horror movies, that type of thing. I've even watched, I'm very careful in the music that I listen to. I'm very careful with the books I read. I'm very careful with anything that I do because I don't want to open the door to a possible spiritual attack. That's just something that I, that's just my personal conviction. That's what I feel. Now, maybe my kids might have. And by opening that door, they, they put themselves under spiritual attack. But at least they, at least we have trained them to come to us to tell us what's going on. So that me being the head of the household and me being the head of the family, I can go in and cleanse that room again. Because it may have to happen from time to time. But I do believe in deliverance and being you know, d delivered from demons because one of the stories I'm going to share with you is this. This is during the time that I was working at a facility that took care of kids with mental disorders and behavioral issues. There was a kid there, and I'm not going to say names, so... And I'm not going to even say, hint, I'm not going to give the kid the name. But this person, this kid, was schizophrenic. That's what he was diagnosed with. And he would be very violent when he had an episode. So much so that he had to be in a room by himself. Because if anyone was in the room, he'd attack them. And he had done that in the past. So they put him in a room by himself. Now, I'm starting to work the, the hall or the, the, the floor that he's on. I start working that floor. And I was there quite frequently when he had an episode. He's yelling and screaming and, and carrying on. And I witnessed the things that he, that he'd have to go through or things that he was going through. But I wouldn't I wasn't dealing with him at the time because we had facility members or we had facility staff that knew him that handled that situation. So they're trying to calm him down. They're trying they're putting his iPod on his on his, you know, trying to have him listen to music, stuff like that. Things that they said possibly would stop the episode. And then one day he comes to me and he says, "You know, I hear voices." And I said, "Really?" And he goes, yeah, well, you kind of know one of the voices that I, that I hear. And I said, how do I know the voices that you hear? How do I know one of the voices? He goes, well, it's because it's Lucifer. And I said, you're listening to Lucifer? Lucifer's talking to you? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, who's Lucifer? Because I don't know. You're dealing with somebody with a mental disorder. You really don't know where they're coming at. So I said, 
who's Lucifer? And he says, well, it's the devil. You know, because you're a Christian. You know who the devil is. And I said, yeah, okay. So you're hearing Lucifer. Now, when you are having an episode, that's the voice you're hearing? He goes, yeah, Lucifer and his sister Lucy. And I'm surprised and shocked because at that point in time, I didn't know anything about deliverance ministry. I didn't know anything about demons or whatever. I was going through my own little stuff at the time. But all I said to him was, what do you do when these episodes happen? And he says, well, I, I put on my iPad and I listen to music. And I said, what kind of music are you listening to? He goes, oh, people like Eminem, Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie. And he named other acts that right now I can't remember who they are. But I said to him, how do you get the music on your iPod? And he says, well, my counselor puts, it, puts the music on for me. And I said, okay. And I don't know why I did this, but I asked him for a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil. He runs into his room. He comes back. He gives me it. And I said, you know, I write down... And I'm thinking about every Christian band you could think of. So I write down every Christian band I can think of. And I hand it back to him. I said, have your counselor look up these artists and he's, you know, to put this music on your iPod. And he goes, what kind of music is this? I said, well, it's Christian music, technically. That's the topic or the category that it's from. And he goes, oh, that's great. I, I love music. And I, I okay, I'll, I'll do that. So he goes and, you know, I don't, I don't know how long it took, but he had an episode before he was able to get the new music on his iPod. And before he ran off into his room, I remember telling him, if you ever do have an episode, just come find me, come talk to me, talk, you know, I don't know what I'll do, but at least talk to you or deal with it or tell me you're under attack and I'll try to help you. Well, <laughs> he has this episode when I'm in the facility, but I'm not on the floor. I'm actually outside with the other kids just watching them play basketball, doing this, you know, whatever other activities that they were allowed to do. So he's having this episode, and he's, I didn't see this, but I'm, I'm just, I was told this, that he's running up and down the halls, running into every room, trying to find me, but he can't find me. So he runs back in his room, he slams the door, and he's making a bunch of noise. Now, eventually, I come back in to the hallway with all the kids. And all I see is the commotion that's down the hall that as soon as the staff members see me, they call out to my name, Don, get down here as quickly as possible. And I'm like, okay, so I'm walking pretty quickly. And I notice what room he's, that they're at, what door they're standing at. And I know it's his room. And I go, oh boy, what happened? And... One of the staff members said, well, he's having an episode. As you can hear him in the room, you can hear him yelling, screaming, whatever. But 
you can hear two other voices. And it's the two other voices that are freaking out the staff members that were working that floor and all the kids who were there because they're all surrounding us. And I remember, I don't know why, but I, I, I just said, what do you want me to do? And he goes, well, go in there because he's asking for you or he was asking for you earlier. And I, I said, okay, fine. No problem. I'll do that. So I walk up to the door. Now, before I get there, there was this Jewish kid who was very religious. Now, for those of you listening to the audio, I'm putting up my fingers like quotations because he really wasn't that religious. But he claimed to be. And I remember he puts his hand on my shoulder before I go to open up the door. And he goes, I wouldn't do that if I was you. And I go, why not? And he goes, do you hear what's in there? I said, yeah. And he goes, there's demons in there. You really want to go in there when there's demons in there? And I don't know. Maybe it was the Holy Spirit talking through me because sometimes I've experienced this where I'm talking. But it feels like the words I'm saying are not coming from me. They're coming from someplace else that I say. It's the Holy Spirit talking through me. I turn to him and say, we are supposed to be followers of the same God, right? And he goes, yeah. I said, then why would you be afraid of demons? The God we serve is stronger than any demon you're ever going to come in contact with. I said, as a matter of fact, the last thing these demons want is for me to walk through this door. I know that sounds bold <laughs> as I'm I don't know why that happened but that just came out so I go to reach for the door and I turn the doorknob and and it's not locked so I was like okay good we don't have to go get the keys and this is when my military police background training starts kicking in because this isn't the first time I've ever opened up a room and had to clear out a room I've been trained how to do that so I'm opening it and as the lights shining in the room I'm just scanning to room scanning the room trying to figure out where he is and as the light continues to go I'm halfway through the room when I realize he's behind the door or he's somewhere behind the door so at least in my mind I've located where he is and I can hear him and I can still hear the other two voices. And those voices stop the moment I walked through into the room and I said his name. As soon as I said his name, the kid, now it's dark, so I can't really see him, but I can tell he's sitting on the floor his hands are, his head is in his hands and he's been crying. Because I can hear him cry at this point. But I can see that he looks up and he quickly gets up and now he's coming towards me. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't exactly sure what was going to happen next. I'm literally thinking, oh boy, here we go, we're going to get attacked, which I was 
mentally preparing myself for getting attacked. As he comes, the light shines onto his face from the hallway, and I can see he's really crying, and he's really just absolutely, his, the, the tears are just running down his face, and I can see he's not a threat. So he comes running over, and he hugs me, buries his face into my chest, and just goes, the voices won't stop. They won't stop, and I'm telling them to stop, and they're not stopping, as he continues to cry. Now, I'm holding them, and I continue to open up the door so that the, there's enough room for the other staff members to come in. And as they come in, they surround them, as I'm continuing to hold them. And I say to him, what do you want me to do? And he goes, well, can you make them stop? And I go, yeah, but how do you want me to do that? Because I noticed he doesn't have his iPod. I said, did the, did the counselor put the music on the iPod? And he goes, no, they didn't. I said, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do with you. I said, do you want me to pray with you? And he goes, yeah, that's what I want. I said, okay. So I sat down on the edge of his bed, and he's sitting on the, on the bed too. And I don't know what I prayed, because I don't remember it. I just prayed with him, and all I know is from that time on, he didn't have an episode. He never had another episode the entire time he was at the facility, and he was a completely different person. Now, I'm not saying that he may have been delivered from whatever demons that were torturing him that, at that moment. All I'm saying is, as long as he was at that facility, those demons stopped talking to him. And that was his words. That's what he told me. He stopped hearing them. Now, the other story that I'll share with you before we go to break. May you may not know that for many years I was a New York State Correction Officer. And one time I, I took what's called a bid, where I became a bidded officer for a housing unit. Now on this housing unit, there was many type of inmates of all types of religion. And couple of them were of the Santeria religion. And this particular inmate, which I'm not going to give his name, he had a shrine to his God. And in one incident that happened, I did a, what's called a cube search of his area. So I searched everything that he had, including the shrine. Now, he didn't have any contraband. But he apparently did not like the way that I searched his area, his cube, his living space. So as I left and he signed the piece of paper, 
He hands the paper to me. I give him the copy that says he had no contraband. And I continue walking. I hear him say this. I will send a demon to torture you from this moment on. Now, I didn't realize that he was talking to me because I had my back to him. I turn around and I realize he's talking to me. So I hit him with the line, you know, the, the, the Robert De Niro line from Taxi Driver. You talking to me? And he goes, yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm looking at you, aren't I? <laughs> and I don't know why I said this. Because honestly, it didn't feel like those words were coming from me. I simply looked at him and said, you send all the demons you want. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And as powerful as you think those demons are, my God is more powerful. As a matter of fact, the moment you send these demons my way, I'm going to tell them about Jesus and send them right back to you. And the look on his face is like I slapped him across the face spiritually. He actually went pale. Now, I don't know if he sent any demons my way, because I don't remember getting attacked during that time. But it wouldn't surprise me if he tried. Or it wouldn't surprise me if I put such a fear of God in him that he decided not to. Because you got to realize, this is one of the reasons why I kind of believe that deliverance ministry is a real thing. That it's not a cult, it's not kind of fad, it's not some kind of false teaching. Throughout my life, I have seen spiritual warfare happening with myself. I have seen demons, I have seen spirits, I have seen demon-possessed people, whether in real life or in the prison system, especially the prison system. I have walked into rooms and had that feeling of something else is here. There's multiple times, especially in the prison system, that I would walk onto a floor that the officer that I'm relieving of duty says, this floor is haunted by an evil spirit. And I would just cast it off and just say, really, where is it? And he'd be like, well, usually you can see it down that hallway. And at some point during the shift, I'd be doing around and I would see lights flickering. I would see this. And, and I remember the officer telling me lights will flicker. This will happen. You'll hear things. And I did. I remember hearing a sound on this one housing unit that all the inmates should be asleep. And I would walk around to do a round, checking on all the inmates, 
and realize the sound's not coming from any of their rooms or any of the cells that they're in. It's instead coming at the end of this one hallway. So when I got relieved by the officer um, at the end of the shift, I would ask that officer, like, is there something going on with this hallway at the end of it? And he goes, oh, yeah, that's where an inmate killed himself. And, he, and supposedly that inmate haunts the hallway. The next night, I'm back in that housing unit. Or I'm back on that floor in that prison. And I hear that again, flights flickering, all this other stuff. And I don't know why. I just prayed against it. And then ever since then, at least as long as I was at that prison, I'd start hearing or officers would actually ask me, like, what did you do on your shift? And I said, just my rounds. No, what did you do on your shift? Just my rounds. No. What did you do to stop the voices, to stop the flickering, to stop this, stop that? Because every single night I would hear that. And I haven't heard it since you worked X amount of days ago. What did you do? And I said, well, I just prayed against it. And like, and it worked? Well, I haven't gone back since, but you tell me, did it work or not? And they would tell me it did. And in the prison system, there are so many superstitions about, because honestly, working my time in the prison system, there's a lot of inmates that did try to kill themselves. And there's a lot of inmates that, I honestly believe we're possessed by something or influenced by something. Spiritual warfare and these demonic possessions, it does work. It does happen. And deliverance, as far as I'm concerned, does work. And it is real because I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've seen the warfare happen with my own two eyes. And with that, we'll be back right after this. Yes, that's funny. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Hello, New York Mass Speaker Center. This is Edwin Diaz. Third baseline? Great. We can play catch in between innings. My manager? Buck's not available right now. Hmm. I like the view behind my own plate. That's where I sit. No, no, no. Trust me, you don't want to talk to Buck. See you at the ballpark. The closer. In the New Testament, is it verifiable that Christians can be attacked and oppressed by demons? Come on. God used controversy. Look, I'm on the list. He used CNN. He used the media. He used all of it to grow a massive size platform. Controversy built our platform. Two genders. It was never about the controversy. It was never about the politics. I thought it was. I thought it was about Trump. I thought it was about COVID. But God built our platform for deliverance. 
we are headed more into seeing prophecy fulfilled before our very eyes. There's a kingdom of righteousness and there's a kingdom of darkness. Something in our being craves something supernatural. If you're addicted to something, you have company. And he said in the last days, the church will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. They will begin to listen to demonic doctrines. He doesn't mind you going to church. He doesn't mind you praising as long as you don't change. There's a great awakening that is coming. The kingdom of God is not about talk. Jesus is king. It's about power and demonstration. The state of the church in the United States, I believe, needs a reawakening of deliverance because of the evil that's going around. Christians can be under the influence of satanic oppression. 100% they can. You see, redemption and salvation is for the lost. Deliverance is to set the captives free. The Word of God says, These signs shall follow them that believe. Kind of the enemy is to keep the church quiet. Deliverance is for the people of God. Deliverance is for the church. I'm here to call this culture to Jesus Christ and cast out demons. Because these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. Don Graham from Christian Patriot Report. We're going to try this again and see what team we get. There you go. There you go. Let's go, Mets. Let's go, Mets. Make sure you listen to the Christian Patriot Report at dongarden.weebly.com. Well, that's our show for today, and I want to thank those of you that are either watching the show or listening to the show. Thank you for taking the time out of your day, out of your busy schedule, to either watch or listen to the show. And if you are watching, whether it's on Rumble or whether it's on YouTube, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you hit notifications so that you'll be notified when more videos come because more videos are going to be coming. But if you're listening to the audio, hey, make sure you follow the podcast. Make sure you rate and review the podcast. Please give us five stars if you enjoy not just this show, but the other previous shows. And thank you for those of you that do share this content, whether you share the audio, whether you share the video, whether you share whatever content you share of the show, the Christian Patriot Report. I appreciate each and every one of you that do that. And with that, until next time, I'm Don Gardner. This has been the Christian Patriot Report. May God bless you and your family, and may God bless America. Bye-bye, guys.